Good morning. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit, take my mouth to speak your words. Lord, use whatever, whatever I've prepared for your glory. And may we see Jesus more clearly and love him more dearly as we reflect through this time. Amen. This is the last Sunday of the year. So Christmas Day is gone by and there's a lot we can think about in the coming year, 2021. But what a year we've had this year. The pandemic, the lockdowns, on and off. All the things we weren't able to do, that we thought we were going to do. Let's pray that next year we'll be led by the Lord in all we do. As I thought through all this, I decided I'll share with you some thoughts and ideas from the book of Micah, a great book. What he teaches there, what he brings alive, some of the prophetic things are as much for us today as they were in his time. Let's get to know a bit more about this chap called Micah. His prophecies were proclaiming that there would be a king of kings coming, a shepherd, a messiah, Jesus. He even foretold the, his birthplace, Bethlehem. When the wise men asked Herod where the newborn king was, he asked the teaching priests and the teachers of the law. And they answered in Matthew chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet, here they're talking, the prophet Micah, as, as we shall see, for this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. What a great prophecy. Micah was, or is, one of the 12 minor Old Testament prophets. He lived in a village called Morsesheth, 20 miles southeast of Jerusalem, in an agricultural setting. The book was written around 700 BC during the kings named in Micah chapter 1 verse 1. The Lord gave this message to Micah of Moresheth during the years when Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah were kings of Judah. Micah's Hebrew name is Micha Yahweh. Who is like Yahweh? Who is like you, Lord? No one else. In fact, Micah himself defines what this is, who this God is, and proclaims in Micah chapter 7, verse 18, Who is a God like you, who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. Who forgives sins? That's what Jesus did, didn't he? He forgave the sin of a cripple before he healed him. Micah had a burden for the poor. Chuck Swindle called him the prophet for the poor and needy. 
he challenges Israel and Judah, wake up to the needs around you, the poor, the lame, and others. In Micah chapter 4, verse 6, it says, In that coming day, in that coming day, says the Lord, I will gather together those who are lame, who have been exiles, and those whom I have filled with grief. Now, it's interesting that Micah is mentioned in the book of, jo uh, of Judges, uh, where uh, he shows his generosity, his kindness to a poor priest from Bethlehem. Judges chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. This is what's written. Mike asked him, Where are you from? I'm a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, he said, and I'm looking for a place to stay. Then Micah said to him, Live with me and be my father and priest, and I'll give you ten shekels of silver a year, your clothes and your food. What a generous man. You know, the book has three main sections. First section is chapters 1 and 2. Second section is chapters 3, 4 and 5. The final section are the last two chapters, 6 and 7. Each section is introduced by the Hebrew word Shemua, which is based on the word Shema. This is often translated listen or hear or understand, but it's more than that. It's take on board what you're hearing. Let it change you, let it touch you, let it show you more of God. Each section has a pattern which alternates between announcing doom and God's grief with expressions of hope at the end of each section. He looks forward to a world of peace under the leadership of promised King of Kings, Messiah, Saviour and Shepherd in the line of David. As I said, there's so much I can share with you from Micah, but I'm going to focus in only three areas. First one is hope in the coming King Messiah. Second one is the call to return to worship Yahweh, to follow his ways. And finally, what it means to be living by God's grace. So let's make a start with the hope. The hope of the King of Kings, the Messiah coming, the Savior of the world. Micah foretold the coming of the King Jesus, as I already quoted from Matthew chapter 2. You know, four Sundays ago, I remember Beth teaching from that section of the reading from the Gospel. And she talked about the importance of hope, hope in Jesus, hope in trusting Him, hope during these challenging times. And I find it interesting that a lot of the messages that came through throughout Christmas services is that word hope. Hope in a person who came in the world for us. Micah provides one of the most significant prophecies of Jesus' birthplace 
and his eternal nature. The Matthew passage is quoting Micah chapter 5 verse 2 which says, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past. There's a sense that the writer is talking in creation itself. That's how far past he was talking. That in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. It's coming God's behalf. Micah foretold of a king from heaven in creation to be born in a small insignificant village in Israel called Bethlehem and to grow up as a Jew. He will be in the line of David and Judah and grow up with that certainty of who he is. Surrounding Micah's prophecy of Jesus' birth is one of the most lucid pictures of the future hope for the world under the Prince of Peace. Micah chapter 5 verse 5 says, And he, that's King Jesus, will be the source of peace, the true shalom peace. The source of that peace is Jesus the divine king, the prince of peace, the messiah, or the anointed one. Anointing at that time was for four main reasons. One, they anointed the priest. Exodus chapter 30, verse 30, we read God saying, anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them so they may serve me as priests. Anointing could be to anoint a king, like Samuel did in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance? Or for healing. We see that used a number of times in the Old Testament. And finally, for someone's death. You know, when Jesus was anointed at Bethany, the disciples kept saying, oh, for goodness sake, what a waste of money. We should be using that money for helping the poor. But Jesus said in Matthew 26, verses 10 to 12, but Jesus, aware of, his, of this, replied, why criticize the woman of doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. Whenever I read this, I think, in a sense, she was pouring the oil for all those aspects I spoke about. The king, the priest, the high priest, the priest of all priests, the one who's sitting at the right hand of God interceding for you and me, and of course, for his burial, as he said. So let's move on. The call to return to worship Yahweh and to live in righteousness, his righteousness. Micah is a contemporary of Isaiah, Hosea, and Amos. 
Like these prophets, he believed God can use pagans or other ways to punish those who do not worship and follow his ways. Micah lived in a time when people have moved away from following Yahweh's righteousness, his values, his moral standards, the morality he presents in the Word of God. At that time, there was extreme contrast between the wealthy and the poor, with moral corruption throughout the whole system. Even judges were dishonest. And leaders couldn't be trusted. And you know what? Even the priests got it wrong. He puts it like this in Micah chapter 3, verse 11. Her leaders judge for a bribe. Just bribe. Her priests teach for a price. Give me your money. And her prophets tell fortunes for what? For money. How far away from what God wanted. Jonathan Sachs, in his latest book, Morality, a great book, I encourage you to read it. He says morality is collapsing in the world today with people moving from the we to I. I want, I am the one to decide. Forget everybody else. Me is the most important thing, not the we, not what the country needs not how we support our leaders. And he goes on to say the result is traditional values or morals no longer holds. Modern ideals of tolerance have left many feeling adrift. In this environment, things fall apart in unexpected ways. Toxic public discourse, divisive society, divisive politics and extremism with the rise of identity victimhood oh look how i suffer you know as a jew who grew up in a muslim country i knew what negativity was and i could define even today that i'm a victim of that time I could tell you about how when my parents divorced when I was 13, how I struggled. I could define who I am from that time. But I can tell you, I'm a child of God. My desire is not to be a victim, but to be a royal messenger of the King of Kings, to share God's love in the world around us. I fully agree with Jonathan Sachs. We need to come back to biblical values and morality or else what Micah describes happening in his time and will happen, will happen to us today. Or is it already happening? I wonder. I feel we need to follow Micah's example, to return to God, to repent and cry out for God's compassion. Micah Chapter 7, verses 19 and 20. This is what's written. God, once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the oceans. You will show us your faithfulness and unfailing love as you promised to our ancestors Abraham and Jacob long ago. 
in Jesus God, in Jesus our Lord. We are redeemed. Our past mistakes, our bad choices, our failures are cancelled out. He offers us a clean slate. And I often, when I think of that, I say, Lord, start with me. Change me to be you in the world around me. Micah's powerful message changed King Hezekiah's heart, reshaped Judah's policies, and influenced his nation. So let's move on to God's free gift of grace. It cannot be bought, it cannot be earned. The, big, the book concludes with the prophet's call on the Lord as the only source of salvation, mercy, and grace. Micah chapter 7, verse 7. This is what's written. As for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me, and my God will certainly hear me. But there's also a challenge. He says grace cannot be bought or earned. It is God's free gift. Why? To equip us to do his will. To equip us to be able to bring his kingdom into the world around us. Micah puts it like this in chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. What can we bring to the Lord? Should we bring him burnt offerings? Should we bow before God most high with offerings or yearling cows? Should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No, no, not at all. In fact, Micah goes on in the great verse Micah chapter 6, verse 8, the next verse, he says, Know, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That could be my desire. Others may want to join me for 2021, that we follow those words that Mike has written. To do what is right. Here we're talking of his righteousness, his standards, his morals. That we follow the word of God. That we seek him with all our heart and mind. To love him with all our heart and mind. In other words, to live as Jesus lived. I remember the old days we had, what would Jesus do, WWJD? That's what I'd like to be. Whatever I do, I want to do what Jesus would have done. And then to love mercy, to care for others, for our neighbors. And he, Jesus defined who that is. As Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 22, verse 39, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe we need to love ourselves as well in this. 
and he's there quoting directly from the Old Testament. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18 says, But love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Jesus is saying that's what it's about, loving people around us. Let them see Jesus in us. And then he says, walk humbly. In other words, put God first. Not the I, but the we. Not what I want, but what's best for the world. What's best? What would bring God honor and pleasure in the world? To make God first in everything we say and do. And then the next bit, with your God, his hand in your hand. Some years ago when I was called into the ministry, we were wondering where I should study and whether I should do NSM, non-stipendary ministry, or sell up, give up everything and go into full-time ministry. And my wife Helen had this wonderful picture of me and her like little children. As at that time there was an advert for the Star Tried Shoes. And the two children were walking along merrily and happily and laughing and got everything they want. And the boy had his satchel on his back and they came to a crossroad. And there was Jesus. And said, okay, Lord, which way? And he said, you choose. And one way, the way towards Salisbury, studying part-time and then doing non-stipendary ministry part-time while working, was very clear. We could see our way clearly. And Jesus stood at the crossroad and waved to us. The other way, the boy had to take his satchel off. And it was dark. And they couldn't see where they were going. But Jesus walked with them, holding their hands. One hand for me, one hand for my wife. And I tell you, that since then, since I made the decision to do it full time, to follow his will, because I want to walk holding his hands, he never let go of me. Even when there was a point where I really struggled, where there was so much negativity around me, his hand held me tighter. Micah's impassioned plea for God's chosen people is to repent and return to him, follow his ways, values and morals and justice and kindness to others. Not the I, but the we. As Jonathan Sachs, the great chief rabbi, God rest his soul, he passed away not so long ago, said, not the I, but the we. Then press on towards a world full of hope that is full of Jesus, the perfect Prince of Peace, the lover who cares for us, who will hold our hands, who will carry us even when we are struggling. So let us look forward to 2021 as we put our hope in Jesus and live this year in Micah's word, do what is right. Love, mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Lord, may that be true in all our life, that we may give the glory to our Lord Jesus. Amen.